Welcome to the Spirit Restored Podcast. This is where the curiosities of spiritualism meet the belief systems of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This podcast is only for those with an open mind. Join Ken Adams on his quest to find higher planes of spiritual experience. Welcome to the Spirit Restored Podcast this Sunday. Thank you for continuing to listen and for sharing it with your friends. The podcast is starting to grow and I'm very grateful for that. Thank you so much for those leave reviews on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. I really appreciate it. Um, This is just a message I'm so passionate about. I believe that so many people need to know that there is so much spirituality to be gained, especially in the church. And sometimes we get so caught up in the checklists, the rights and wrongs of doing things right, that we forget what the gospel is all about. And the gospel is about having a miraculous life following Jesus Christ and really living up to that potential. A story I have for my mission, and last week we had Maksat right, on the podcast who is from Kazakhstan, he was my trainer on my mission. So today's Father's Day. He was he was my, you could say, my mission father, how we called it, because he brought me into the mission. He was the first missionary I served with. And uh, pretty incredible to serve with someone from Kazakhstan as your first companion. And he and I were so similar. We, we did so many things together. We had so much fun. And one thing we did is when we would plan or we would get ready for the next day, we would listen to Enya. So you know, if you know that music, Enya, if you haven't heard it before, look it up on YouTube, listen to some Enya songs. Um, apparently not mission appropriate, but we didn't really think it was that bad. It was mostly just instrumental uh, music that wasn't Motab, right? And one day this and, and Maksad actually reminded me of the story when he was over at the house. I had totally forgotten about it. One day, this missionary who was an AP, assistant to the president, is in, for those of you that haven't served an LDS mission, that means a missionary who works right next to the leader of the mission. The leader of the mission is called the mission president. Mission president is not a young missionary. He's usually in his, between his 40s and 60s, somewhere in there leading the missionaries. Well, an assistant to the president is a younger missionary who's about 21, 20, 21, somewhere in there. And he's in charge of uh, being on the ground with the younger missionaries, helping assign missionaries to different places to serve and assisting the president, whatever it needs. So sometimes these missionaries would go around to missionaries and help train them. So this elder Swift, he came to our apartment in Lviv, Ukraine, and he came in and my companion and I are planning, right? And we're going through our planning routine. And part of our planning routine was to have Enya playing and elder Swift looks at me and he says, do you think playing Enya is a good way to invite the spirit? And I mean, you can just imagine knowing me from the podcast, how I might respond to that, right? Well, it's it's really interesting. Around the same time, my dad was going to Iraq. Yeah, he he actually was deployed to Iraq when I was a missionary in Ukraine and he got his 
his uh, call to go to Iraq. The, the military told him to go to Iraq and serve while I was a missionary. And it was around that same time that I was serving with my first companion. I heard about it. And my dad, he was an incredible person. Today is obviously Father's Day, right? I want to talk about him some as well. When he was in Iraq, he did amazing things. He helped rewrite the book on how to treat Iraqis based on his knowledge already about Islamic customs. My dad's a world religions professor, also an institute teacher, and great person to talk to about the, about religion, about the church, and all those kind of things. And I love to talk to him because um, there's not as many people I know of like my dad that's read a lot and is well-read on both sides of uh church doctrine, anti, all of that stuff. He's read it all. So he's really fun to talk to. But um, when one morning when I was a missionary, I woke up and I felt really prompted that I needed to pray for my father. And I didn't know what it was. And so I got on my knees and I just started praying for his protection and safety. And it wasn't for, you know, a couple of years later that I even knew what it was about. In fact, my dad had been serving in the military for a lot of years and recently, my dad took me to Top Gun, Maverick. Uh, some of you have probably seen the film. Some of you have probably gone. Um, I was really excited to go with my dad. And this, this really was a time for us to catch up. And uh, after we saw the movie, which is really fun, by the way, highly recommend it. We went out and got ice cream. And we're talking about church doctrine. We're talking about things that are against the church or for the church and we're and just about the interesting perspectives that we have and I'm just thinking about how important it is to have people in your life that you can go to and you can ask questions you can get in these kind of conversations and not feel like you're you're tackling these questions by yourself but you can bounce it off of someone I'm always surprised by how wise my father is how good he is at understanding the gospel and also understanding some of the shortcomings of the church culture and understanding how to piece it all together. You know, one day I'll have him on the show. I think it'll be a, a great time. And um, anyway, you know, growing up with my dad in the military, he also provided opportunities for me to learn uh, about what he does and the cool things that he does. He was always this really strong guy. I, I really just like worshiped him as a kid. Like I, I still think he's awesome. And I just thought he was the coolest ever. Cause he would take us to the military bases. He would take us to go see the tanks and the weapons. And one day when I was around 12 or 13, I don't know, back when I was playing a lot of video games, he, uh, took me to a tank simulator at the military. So what that is, is you get into this real tank and inside the tank, there is a video game kind of software in the tank. So you get in, there's screens in there and you can either drive or you can be the guy shooting the guns, right? So the first time I got in there, I was a driver. So I just was driving around, someone else was the gunner and they were shooting things. And then it was my turn to be the guy shooting the rockets. And uh, I'll tell you what happened. It was pretty incredible being a 12-year-old. When And I'll tell you what happened You know, at the, at the end of the podcast today. But one of the soldiers, after I got out of that tank that day, said, I wish you were 17. <laughs> it was a pretty cool story. But I'm grateful for my dad that he taught me to be a man. 
he taught me to embrace being a man, to embrace masculine energy, to embrace being a provider, a protector, all of these things that I thought were really cool. And I think that's so awesome for those of you that are fathers out there. That's really important to your boys and your daughters. Your daughters need to see that from you. So today, what we're talking about is Heavenly Father and His divine masculinity, how He has walked confidently into his divine masculinity and perfectly and how we can learn from that. And so I'm going to discuss some traits of Heavenly Father that you can apply in your life. In fact, this is so important with some of my clients that are in marriages that we go over some of this stuff because they need to understand that their marriage might have some issues just because they haven't fully walked into the divine masculine. And so the first attribute of Heavenly Father is that he confidently aligns his words and actions. And this is someone who's really got a powerful masculine energy, is that their words and actions and results are all aligned. Yeah. And so here's some examples, right? One of the best ones, I think, is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Yeah. God's word is so impeccable that whenever he says something, it creates something. And this is actually a highly important thing. If you want to take your spirituality to the next level, you must learn to become congruent with your words. When you say something and you follow up with it enough times, all of a sudden you start saying things and they happen for you. You just say it and it becomes a creation. You say it and it comes to pass. Whenever someone forgets the fidelity of their words, that's trying to accompany, you know, be more masculine, have a masculine energy. Whenever someone doesn't follow through with their words, that's leaving room for the promises not to come to you. And so Heavenly Father, he says in Doctrine and Covenants, Section 82, verse 10, this is LDS scripture. I, the Lord, am bound when you do what I say, but when you do not what I say, ye have no promise, right? So why would he create this condition? And this is Jesus Christ speaking in the scripture, but at this point, Jesus Christ is resurrected and he's doing, he's fulfilling the same role as Heavenly Father for us. And uh, why would he do this, right? Why would he be bound when we do what he says, but when we don't do what he say, what he says, we don't have any promise. Well, he's teaching us this principle of aligning our words and actions. He's teaching us to be congruent in what we do and say. He's teaching us the power of fidelity. He's teaching us the power of honesty. In fact, honesty is so, so, so important for someone who wants to lean into their divine masculine because an honest man has nothing to hide and is confident and can confidently walk in the presence of God. That is a powerful energy. And so this allows God to always keep his promises, to always bless us, to give us what he says, and we can trust him and his promises. On Father's Day, you know, I think of me as a father. Right now, my kids, when they go to bed, I promise them that if they stay in bed and they go to sleep, then the next day I will reward them. And usually it's like a marshmallow or something. And so that's important to start building with kids too. Can your kids trust you as a father? I think that's like 
most important thing. It's not about following through with consequences or punishment or following through with what you said. What matters is when you say something, do your children trust you? They need that from you. And if you're a man and you're married to a woman, right? When you say something to your wife, can she trust you? Can she trust what you say? Or are you ashamed to tell the truth? If you're ashamed to tell the truth at all, then you are lacking masculine energy. You're lacking that power, that power that comes when you can confidently say what's true. So another aspect, the second aspect of Heavenly Father's divine masculine energy is that he uses consistent directed energy. So this is different from the feminine energy that we've spoken about before. Feminine energy is like a net. It just gets cast out over everything and it covers everything. It can be volatile. It can be like a lot of energy at once, then no energy at all. But masculine energy, someone who's in the divine masculine and Heavenly Father is, uses consistent directed energy. And you might compare this to a man who's interested in a woman in dating, right? And if you talk to women and you say, what really got you interested in this person that you married, right? And a lot of times they'll say, well, he was really consistent in pursuing me. He was really good at pursuing me. Yeah. So that's an important masculine trait, actually, not only in dating, but in everyday life, right? When you set a goal, right? So first, first attribute is being congruent with your words and actions, right? Next attribute is being using consistent directed energy to accomplish those objectives. And so think of masculine energy more like a dart rather than like a net, which is feminine energy. It will travel in one straight line and accomplish the goals. Yeah. And so right here in Doctrine and Covenants 121 verse 41, I wanted to share this scripture and then explain it a little bit, bit how it, it, it relates to this. It says, no power or influence can or ought be maintained by virtue of the priesthood, only by persuasion, by long suffering, by gentleness and meekness, and by love unfeigned. This is how Heavenly Father uses his consistent directed energy right? It's that long suffering. It's that gentleness, the meekness, the love unfeigned, persuasion, right? He never uses his power other than persuasion. He never uses the force to make someone do something. Yeah. He's always there patiently waiting. He's gentle, right? He's meek. He's willing to be instructed and his love is unfeigned, which means you cannot deter his love. His love is like a laser beam on each and every one of us, all on our hearts, all at once. That is the consistent directed energy that Heavenly Father uses. And he's he's with us, right? He is alongside us like a soldier, you might even say. And it says in Doctrine and Covenants, section 84, 88, it says, and whoso receiveth you, there I will be also, for I will go before your face, and I will be on your right hand and on your left, and my spirit shall be in your hearts, and mine angels round about you to bear you up. That sounds a lot like a militaristic kind of way that he's there, right? And this is actually Jesus Christ once again talking so he's going to be there in front of us, right? It's that consistent, directed energy that's always there, always present, omnipresent, right? And always going toward the goals, right? And Joseph Smith talked about how a man cannot stretch forth his hand and stop the Missouri River no more than a man can stop 
the work of the God going forward, right? In fact, I was when I was working in the missionary training center, there was this common phrase that was called hastening his work, right? And we we would say that at the missionary training center. We say we need to hasten God's work. Well, Elder Iring, President Iring, actually, he came to the MTC and he gave a talk. And this is what he said. He said, We do not hasten the Lord's work. And I was super surprised by this because we were all talking about hastening God's work. And Elder President Iring said, God hastens his own work. And we cannot make it faster nor slower. We can just choose to be part of it or not. And this is an important thing to understand about God, right? And about Jesus Christ is that they do not stop. Yeah. Their force is consistent and directed. The energy used is directive, right? It is in one direction going that way and it cannot be stopped because first principle, right? Their words and their actions are aligned. Yeah. And second principle is it's consistent and directed energy. Yep. And so another attribute about Heavenly Father is that he provides for us, yeah? And this is something where I think of the New Testament scripture of his ability to provide for us that a lot of times we don't even capitalize on, right? We get so focused, if you're a father in the church, right? We get so focused on us providing that we forget to let Heavenly Father provide. And I actually recently learned, yes, I am a provider for my family, but I feel more like a distributor because ultimately God provides everything that I have and everything that I own and all of the experiences that I've had. I just receive that and distribute it to my family. Ultimately, God is the provider. And it says in Luke chapter 12, verse 27, it says, consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothe the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after." And your father knoweth that ye have need of these things. So Jesus here in the New Testament, in Luke, he's saying, everyone in the world is looking after what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, how they're going to be able to accomplish these things. And they doubt themselves on their ability to provide. Jesus here is saying, you don't need to do that. You can know that God knows what your needs are and that he will provide for you. And when you get that, when you understand that about Heavenly Father, when you understand that He provides for you, when you understand that He will give you everything that you ask for, when you use faith, right? It says, doubt not, right? Oh, ye of little faith is what Jesus Christ says. When you actually have faith in Heavenly Father, real faith, you're going to find that He provides for you. When you can trust Him, He will provide everything for you. He will open the windows of heaven and there will not be room enough to receive it, as it says in Malachi. He is that kind of father that will provide. And so another aspect of the divine masculine that Heavenly Father shows is a protector, right? And one thing that I've been pondering about since I saw that that movie, Top Gun Maverick, my dad was sitting next to me and he said, you know, 
that is a warrior mentality. And my father definitely has a warrior mentality. And Heavenly Father is a warrior. He protects us. And the thing about a warrior that I've been learning so much lately is that a warrior only needs to kill one thing. A warrior does not need to kill people or anything else, but it needs to, a warrior needs to kill one thing. A warrior must kill the fear of death, yeah? the fear of rejection, the fear of hurt, those fears around death, right? Rejection can feel like death, but when the warrior kills the fear of death, he becomes that warrior. And God, being an eternal being, he has no fear of death. This is something that a masculine, someone who wants pure masculine energy must confront. They must confront this fear of death in order to walk into that pure masculine energy. In fact, the feminine side of that overcoming the fear of death is the mother, right? Not the warrior, but the mother. And the mother overcomes the fear of death in order to bring life. So here in the masculine, though, we're saying that it's the warrior. And Heavenly Father is a warrior that protects us. He has no fear of death. You could imagine what could be possibly a fear or a temptation of a fear for God, if you can even say that. He probably isn't tempted by this. But it we can hurt him because he is so vulnerable at loving us. He is so intensely vulnerable at loving us. And I'll tell you about that in a moment. But I want you to read, listen to this scripture in the Book of Mormon. It's in 1 Nephi chapter 4, verse 1, also LDS scripture. This is when Nephi and his brothers are going to Jerusalem, and they were instructed to get scriptures. They were called the brass plates, which had the records of basically the Old Testament, their genealogy, and stuff like that, from this guy named Laban, and Laban wanted to kill them. So they were a little scared because they had to confront this guy that was going to slay them. And it says here, and this is what Nephi says to his brothers. His brothers were starting to chicken out, Laman and Lemuel. They were chickening out. They were scared. And Nephi says, and it came to pass that I spake unto my brethren, saying, let us go up again unto Jerusalem and let us be faithful in keeping the commandments of the Lord. For behold, he is mightier than all the earth. Then why not mightier than Laban and his 50? Yea, or even his tens of thousands. Therefore, let us go up. Let us be strong like unto Moses. For he truly spake under the waters of the Red Sea and they divided hither and thither. And our fathers came through out of captivity on dry ground. And the armies of the Pharaoh did follow and were drowned in the waters of the Red Sea. Now behold, ye know that this is true, and ye also know that an angel hath spoken it unto you. Wherefore can ye doubt? Let us go up. The Lord is able to deliver us, even as our fathers, and to destroy Laban, even as the Egyptians. This is something Nephi understood about Heavenly Father, is that he knew that Heavenly Father is a protect protector, of his children. He will protect those that keep his promises. He will protect them. And it's often in the scriptures that there's this phrase, it's called the hosts of heaven, right? The hosts of the Lord. What that means is God's armies that are coming out of heaven. They will come round about us and protect us. That is such an important aspect of the divine masculine is the ability to protect, right? to save those that are most dear to us, to protect them. 
And Nephi's brothers murmured because their masculine energy was wounded. They did not have complete masculine energy. They had no confidence and feared death. Nephi did not fear death. Nephi trusted in the Lord. Nephi trusted in God that he would deliver them and that God would be able to protect us. And very similar to providing, right? We feel like we must provide everything. Sometimes we feel like men that we have to protect our families from every danger that could ever happen. Well, that's a lack of faith, right? We must also rely on God to protect us and let some things be up to him while also doing everything we can to provide and protect for our own families. But we need to have that faith to trust in God. And also, the most vulnerable thing about Heavenly Father, right, which I was alluding to before, right? He doesn't have a fear of death, but God loves us perfectly. God loves us intimately. God knows us perfectly, and he's not scared of us making our own decisions. And so one thing that Heavenly Father does, another attribute of the divine masculine, is that he proclaims his love for us. He claims us to be his. He is willing to say, you can be on my right-hand side. Compare this to dating once again, right? If a man is hanging out with his friends and the friends are like, you know, oh, I saw saw you with that girl over there. Are you guys dating? And the guy, even though he is dating this girl, says, well, no, 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 we're not dating. It's it's just uh, something casual. If that girl saw that, she would be highly offended, right? Not only that, if she was there in front of the friends and the guy was acting differently around the friends about her in front of her, she would lose a lot of confidence in that relationship. Well, Heavenly Father does not lose that kind of love for us. He allows himself to be perfectly vulnerable and he claims us. And Jesus Christ says in John 14, 2, says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. So Heavenly Father's already got mansions for us. He claims us as his. He states he's not ashamed of us. Yeah. This is something very important you need to understand in order to have happiness in life. God is not ashamed of you. God loves you. God is not someone to be feared, right? And in fact, in 1 John chapter 4, 18 in the New Testament, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. You must understand that approaching God never is accompanied with fear. You only approach it, God. You know you're approaching God when it's full of love. You know when the presence of God is there because it is full of love in your heart and for you. That's how you know when the Spirit of God is in your heart. And so if there's fear, if you have fear, that's not God. That is some other influence. And you must address that. And the way to address that is learn to love God back, right? Because he loves us first. And if that's not enough evidence for you of God's love, consider John 3.16 from the New Testament. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life. And so this is another scripture showing his intense love for us, his his desire to claim us as his, which is an important attribute of the masculine. So as you think about this, right? Think about how to apply this in your life. How could you apply these different attributes in your life? Ask yourself this question. Are you impeccable with your word and actions? 
When you say you're going to do something, do you do it? And then when you get to doing it, are you distracted all the time? Do you procrastinate? Or is it one consistent directed force? Are you, and, and if it's not consistent and directed force, then you might have a fear of death. You might have a fear in your way. You might have something preventing you from being able to do that. It's distracting you from being on top of things. Yeah. And also, Think about your ability to provide, right? Not only providing financially, but also providing love, providing care, providing everything that needs to be provided in life, yeah? And your desire to protect, yeah? So these are these are things that as you think about your life, right? I think the most important one of all of this is the confidence, yeah? It's that when I say something, do I do it? That's really important. The other one that's an advanced form of that masculine energy is to be able to love vulnerably, right? To proclaim your love for those that are close to you and claim them and be unashamed, right? It's that pure honesty of masculine energy. Ask yourself, are you honest? Are you ashamed of anything? That shame is going to get in the way of your confidence. And if it gets in the way of your confidence, your word will not be impeccable. So you must remove that shame. And so if you, you know, Ask me about that sometime. If you need help with that, I'd love to help you out. So my dad, yeah, when he took me out to this tank simulator, right? I got in this tank and I was shooting, shooting, shooting. And the driver was going top speed, going as fast. And actually I shot seven rounds from the tank in the simulator and I killed seven targets with each shot was a kill on each target. So I got out of the tank and the mili- the guy that was there in the military, he's like, come back when you're 17. We need you in the military. I actually didn't want to be in the military. I just wanted to play video games at that age. So I just thought it was cool. Like I want some, I want some video game. You know what I mean? And so when we were at Top Gun Maverick, right, my dad and I, we were talking about all these different things that come out about the church, right? And I told my dad, I said, I'm neither like pro the church or anti the church. I'm neither. I don't care to be either one because I feel like if I'm for the church or against the church or either of those, I feel like that gets in the way of truth because Jesus Christ said contention is of the devil. Yeah. If you're so fighting for truth, then you're creating contention. There's a fear then that the truth won't prevail. And if you believe anywhere inside of you, the truth won't prevail, then you don't know truth because truth stands on its own. And having that conversation with my dad was really good because he was able to add some other insights that he had that were really important for me. And, uh, you know, that one time when I was with my dad, I was on my mission and my dad was in Iraq and I had that prompting to pray, right? I found out that that day when I was praying, he was about to go out on a convoy with some vehicles, but at the last moment he decided not to go. And that convoy of vehicles was uh, attacked basically by uh, Iraqis or, or uh, Al-Qaeda or whoever it was, started shooting at the convoy. But luckily my dad was not on it. So he was able to avoid that totally and completely. It was a really cool experience, you know, how the spirit can help us and prompt us, help us know what to do, what to say at any time or any place, anywhere around the world, right? 
And so uh, that missionary that came to my mission, right, that was, I was listening to Enya and he said, do you think this, this will help you fill the spirit? I looked at him and I said, yeah, I do. I don't feel like the spirit's gone. I think sometimes, and this is me talking after the fact, I say right now, I feel like, I think sometimes we think the rules are important in the church more important than our own spirituality, more important than our own ability to connect to the spirit. It's not true. The church, the church, man was not made for church. The church was made for man. Rules, man was not made for rules. Rules were made for man. The Sabbath is made for man, right? Scriptures are made for man. When you get this, then you start releasing all of these unnecessary kind of things that happen in church culture that are not really helpful or useful, right? You can be free of the dogma of the church without leaving the church, right? You can say, really, what is the church for? It's for me, right? What are these conference talks for? Well, it's for me. What is sacrament for? Well, it's for me. What's my calling for? It's for me, right? You can know that all these things are designed for you. And once you have that mentality about it, then it's really easy to be there. So this weekend, this next week, yeah, the 23rd of June through the 25th of June, I'm doing a retreat. Actually, I wanted to tell you about it, this audience here. I'm doing a, a, a retreat, and the retreat is with an LDS audience, high-performing LDS audience. You, you come out to it, and what we're going to do is we're going to focus on your internal identity of who you believe you are and changing the trajectory of your life so that you believe you have much more power than you have. In fact, I'm considering putting in spoon bending in this retreat. And the reason why spoon bending is because it's a great opportunity to find out that you have a whole lot more power in your mind than you ever thought. And so uh, reach out to me at my social media pages. You can find me on Instagram, you can find me on Facebook, and I'll put a link to those in the description in the bio. You can also go to my website, which is kencadams.com, and you can find me there. But I wanted to thank you for listening today, and I hope that as you think about this masculine energy, right, find a way to apply it in your life. This is important. This is important for your goals. This will make the difference between whether people trust you or not. This will make the difference between people being magnetized to you or not in whatever you're doing. Think about this warrior mentality, right? Relieving that fear of death. So thank you for listening this Sunday. Happy Father's Day. Until next week. Ken loves to get feedback from his audience. Send him a private message or write a review so that he can discuss topics that are most relevant to your spiritual experience. Thank you for listening today and remember to join next week.